UpToDate wants to know what you're talking about with family and friends. You can text UTD to 816-601-4777 to tell us. Again, 816-601-4777. This is up to date on KCUR 89.3. Most people who get COVID-19 recover after a few weeks, but for some, symptoms persist long after testing negative for the virus. This is referred to as long COVID, which can include a wide range of ongoing health problems that can last weeks, months, or even years. Though it's still unclear why some people get long COVID and others don't, treating the condition has become a priority in healthcare, including here in Kansas City. Jenna Hopkins is an occupational therapist with University Health Centers for COVID Recovery. She's worked with around 100 patients since she became the primary long COVID therapist there in March 2021, and she's here to share how she helps individuals manage the illness. Jenna, welcome to Up to Date. So good to have you here. Thank you so much for having us. Also with us is Sophie Day. She's a Kansas City resident living with long COVID. She's been a patient of Jenna's since last year. And Sophie, good to have you here too. Thanks welcome. so much for having us. Yeah. Well, Jenna, you work as an occupational therapist with University Health's Long COVID Clinic. Tell us a bit about what you do over there. Sure. So Occupational therapist, I'm really a rehabilitation specialist, and I try and get people getting back into the activities that are most important to them. And with long COVID, it affects their whole body system. Mm. It's a whole body disease. Anything you use your brain for, it can you know, wreak havoc on that, unfortunately. So that's everything from listening to your favorite radio show to going back to work to playing with your kids. I want people to be able to to participate in those activities. And you're saying all those kinds of things can be undermined when you contract long COVID. Unfortunately, that's the truth. Yeah. What exactly is long COVID? What do we know about it these days? So long COVID, I'm so glad that we're on because this is a really um, exciting time in terms of the research. There's been a lot of research that's come out over the last six months to give us a better idea about what's going on. Um, there's a lot that can be done for it. So I just want to dispel that myth and start start with the positive news. Um, there are many different treatment options, and there's lots of things that you can do in therapy to help your condition. Um, so the big number one thing that we've been working on for the last three years is something called pacing. And that means that we are maximizing your energy use in the way that you want to do it. It's not a lot of fun. It's basically an energy budget. Mm-hmm. And so planning out your day based on, you know, you're going to have so much juice in the system and using it judiciously. Absolutely. And so when people first come in and see me, I want them to get stable. And so we create an energy budget for them. It's not fun. Just like you don't really want to manage your money. Yeah. <laughs> you would like to spend it on what you want. But unfortunately, that's what we have to do starting out. Well, Sophie, when Jenna was talking about uh, these budgets, energy budgets, you were nodding your head. You know what she's talking about. Yeah. How has that played out for you? It's been really uh, tough. I think, like Jenna said, the part that was helpful for me. So before I got long COVID, uh, I was an endurance athlete and I did a lot of uh, marathons. And uh, actually, a month before I got COVID, I hiked my first uh, trail ultra marathon. Wow. So I was familiar with the concept of pacing in that context. Um, and so it you would think it would translate very easily. In fact, it was ch- really challenging because in an endurance setting, you're used to 
being able to pace, but also being able to push your body. Uh, and what I learned uh, probably more slowly than Jenna would have liked is that you really can't push your body when you're experiencing long COVID like this. And there are plenty of things that I physically could accomplish, but I would then be paying for that for the rest of the day or maybe for several days afterwards. And so we spent a lot of time when we were initially working together just getting me to a place that I could sort of stabilize my health. Um, and we are now starting to add stressors back in. So I'm getting the picture here pretty quickly, you know, that uh, for you, Sophie, that contracting long COVID has been one heck of a setback. Yeah, um, I would say that it has completely turned my entire world upside down. So now not only am I, I went from being, an endurance athlete to having an absolute intolerance to pretty much any kind of exercise. And I have a job which before COVID required that I spent quite a lot of time traveling, which I'm not currently doing. And I had a really, really busy and active social life, which has also been impacted. Um, my day-to-day -day life right now looks like working limited hours and only from home. I don't leave my apartment super often. And with the pacing idea, um, I know that if I'm going to do something like leave the apartment, I need to maybe take a day before and after really taking it easy to allow for that energy expenditure. Wow. Okay. Well, Jenna, let's go back to this concept of long COVID. Can you walk us through that again, please? Sure. So it's the continuation or development of new symptoms three months after a COVID infection that lasts at least two months with no other explanation. Yeah. So it's a rule out diagnosis. The truth is I basically want people to act preemptively to help prevent them from getting long COVID. And that's by- And how do you do that? Yeah. You manage your current health conditions really well, just going in and getting a regular checkup with your doctor, and then also making sure that you're not vitamin D deficient and doing anything else that you would do to kind of maximize your health. Um, is there something, if you contract COVID, just regular COVID, is there, do you, if people rush back from, from having that, are you risking getting long COVID? A hundred percent. And I'm so glad you brought that up. So I basically, I want people to test anytime that they have any kind of symptoms just to make sure that they know that they have COVID and that way they can act because there are antivirals that they can take, Paxlovid, which basically helps to reduce long COVID, reduces mm -hmm. the risk of long COVID. Anything that basically diminishes the severity of COVID is going to help to reduce the risk of long COVID. Um, so that's things like metformin have also been shown to reduce the, the risk of long COVID. Mm. And then really avoid pushing yourself, just like you're saying. So you don't want to rush back to work and you don't want to rush back to any kind uh, of exercise or activity. And we, we, we're all programmed to do exactly those things so often. Right. And so we want people to basically put a little bit of a barrier in between low and moderate activity, you know, doing things around the house, doing laundry, that kind of thing. That's okay. Um, but six weeks post-COVID, we want people to avoid anything that seems extreme, an extreme stressor. Even six weeks after contracting COVID. So they're showing that there's heart-related issues up to a year and maybe possibly even three years after contracting COVID, even without long COVID symptoms. We're talking about people that feel like they've recovered, but they are showing cardiac and neurology changes. So you're really calling for a kind of a change in our mindsets here. If you contract COVID, you're saying chill out, take your time, don't rush back. 
100%. Particularly to physical workouts and that kind of thing. Right. And I really encourage people to use activity trackers as well, because a lot of times you can feel something, but only to a certain extent. But if you've got a wearable device, um, and there's a lot of them on the market right now, like Garmin is a really good one or an mm. Apple Watch, you can basically track and you want to look and make sure that your heart rate variability isn't going down and that your resting heart rate is staying about the same. And that's showing that basically your body's kind of maintaining a good home stasis. You know, Sophie, I'm just wondering, as Jen is talking here, did you rush back from after you caught COVID or what do you recall? So that's a really good question. And uh, the answer is both yes and no. So my husband and I caught COVID at the same time um, in July of 2021. And he was preparing at that time to participate in the MR340 race. Um, which is the canoe race that goes from Kansas City to yeah. St. Louis. We've had people on here who've yeah. done it. Yeah. So I was his crew person. And luckily, when he got sick, he had very few symptoms, um, was largely asymptomatic. And I did not get particularly sick. I had really bad fatigue, but that was my prime symptom. Uh, so we were both recovered from COVID when he did the race. But that you know, that was three days in which I was driving across the state of Missouri. I right. probably only slept, you know, seven hours over the course of three days oh, in man. short spurts. Um, so I don't think that that helped. And we Im immediately recognized after that that I was still having these lingering symptoms. I still mm. had a cough, which I still have now. And I would get incredibly winded just walking 10 or 15 feet to throw something away. So then we started trying to take it easy. Um, and what Jenna and I have talked about is we kept saying for a while, oh, I have long COVID in this very vague way. It wasn't until a few months later where I did another activity that required a lot of exertion for a prolonged period of time that I got really debilitatingly sick. And that's when we decided, okay, we need to try to find somewhere that we can get treatment because we're not doing anything to care for this on our yeah. own. Well, Jenna, how common is it for patients to not know right away that maybe they have, in fact, long COVID? And that's why I'm so glad that we're here because we're basically trying to fill that gap in. I want people to act prevent, uh, preemptively before they really start to get to that point where it's like, oh, this must be something real. So just that educational piece about People are prone to this. It is not uncommon. It's anywhere from 5 to 45% of people that get a COVID infection. So 65 million Americans, I'm sorry, that's 65 million people world, world, worldwide, and then 35 million Americans. 4 million have it so bad that they're out of work. They're unable to wow. work completely. Wow. And so we really want people to know this isn't uncommon. It's very, very much a thing that you need to take seriously. And if how can you recognize then the early signs and symptoms that maybe I have long COVID? Right. So I've got some red flag symptoms. One of them is basically orthostatic symptoms. That's it. What's that mean? If you stand up, you feel dizzy, lightheaded, or sometimes you feel anxious when you're standing. Mm. Um, so you might feel like, oh, you can check. And sometimes you've got blood pressure and heart rate changes when you're standing. So that's basically anytime you stand up, you don't feel well. Right. Red flag symptom number two is fatigue that doesn't improve or you're symptomatic with activities that should have been easily tolerated for you. So things like feeling breathless when you're throwing a piece of trash away definitely qualifies for that. 
And then the red flag number three is unexplained neurological symptoms. So you almost feel like, oh, it feels like I'm almost having a stroke or a seizure or I'm tremulous. It looks like MS or Parkinson's almost. Hmm. So if you are, are experiencing some of those kinds of symptoms after having had COVID, what then? So that's when we really want you to come in and see us. So you can basically refer yourself to our long COVID clinic. You don't even need a doctor's referral at for University that. Health. At University Health. So you call 816-404-CARE. That's 2273. And that's the Center for COVID Recovery. Mm -hmm. And then also, I'm an occupational therapist. You do need a script to come in and see me, but I can. you can be referred from any doctor that's seen you in the last couple of months. And when I come in to see you, what's going to happen then? I do a very thorough evaluation of you. So we've got a whole bunch of assessments and a physical that basically I perform on people. We talk about your strengths and weaknesses, and I put you in different treatment categories. So yeah. everybody's got kind of these symptom clusters, and we've got treatment options for each of those symptom clusters. We'll be right back. So Sophie, tell me a little bit more about how all this has changed the way you live your life, because it sounds like it's been pretty dramatic. Yeah. Uh, I think if you had asked me this question even a couple months ago, my answer might have been different. I am in a place now where, so I've been seeing Jenna since the spring of last year. and the Spring of last year. So you're going on, what, eight months or something. Yeah, yeah. probably about that. Um, I feel like I have been continuing to make progress, which is really, really encouraging. Being here, for example, is something that I would not have been able to do uh, just a short time ago. Or maybe I would have been able to accomplish it, but I would have paid for it for several days afterwards. Will you, coming on the show today, are you going to be tired for at, later on this afternoon? I budgeted my day in such a way so that I can... Um, I know I'm going to be ahead of my budget for the day by the time I get home. And so I'm going to rest and sort of do easier tasks to compensate for that higher spending in the morning. Um, but absolutely. I mean, like I said, I'm someone who is incredibly active before I got COVID. Uh, my husband and I are a carless household by choice. So we walked and cycled everywhere. I'm obviously not doing that very much anymore. And I did a lot of uh, hiking and biking and walking and running just for my physical activity, not only have those things changed, but one of the things that Jenna and I discussed in a really early appointment is that when we talk about activities that that require exertion, we're used to thinking about physical exertion and mental exertion. But the ones that can also take a lot out of us that we don't necessarily think about if we are more able-bodied are things like emotional, social, and sensory exertion. That has really, really made it so that if my husband and I want to just go see a movie, to most people that feels like a pretty low, um, low energy experience. But for me, I have to think about, okay, well, being in the car is going to knock me down a little bit. And then if it's going to be a louder movie or a big spectacle action movie, that's going to take a lot out of me too. And so we sort of have to plan um, around that and sort of put that as the activity we're going to do that day and the other things are going to be sort of resting. So um, it has definitely impacted, I would say, every every facet of my life. And I went from being someone who was very physically active to someone who is very much disabled. Um, 
it has been a really huge shift. And I'm very grateful, not only for the things that I've learned working with Jenna, but for anyone out there who thinks you might have long COVID or you just feel like your body isn't responding the way it should. It doesn't feel right. Right. The validation that you get of working with someone who understands what you are experiencing is huge and really cannot be overstated. Well, that brings up a question, but have you bought a car in the wake of this to get around and help yourself a little bit? So no, um, with the incredibly cold weather that we are experiencing, my in-laws live a few hours away outside Springfield. So we are borrowing their second car while it's very snowy out because I'm not doing well in the cold weather. You mentioned this idea of, of someone accepting your situation and what you've been through. I can't help but wonder... Are people in your life understanding of this notion of long COVID? Because I can see some people saying, you know, come on here, Sophie, just get on with it, you know? Yeah, I am incredibly fortunate in that I really haven't, for the most part, uh, come experience people, especially not close to me, who doubt what I'm feeling or don't understand I think the part that can be challenging is even people that have the best of intentions that love me so much if they're not spending time with me on a daily basis, it can still just be hard to understand what my life looks like now. Long COVID is something I think that it doesn't get covered enough. And even when it does, it can look so different for everybody that I think folks can have a hard time imagining what it looks like for me specifically. So I would say the people in my life have been incredible and the folks that have gotten to spend extended periods of time with me since I've been sick in particular, I think, even if they read these, you know, my health updates, continue to sort of be shocked mm -hmm. by the experience of actually being with me. Jenna, is there a way to test uh, Sophie to document the fact that she is, in fact, suffering from long COVID? So that's part of the research that's come out. We We basically have a lot of biomarkers that we can look for. But right now, I'm mostly working with assessments in people. And then with all the monitoring that we're doing in terms of her heart rate and those blood pressure changes, we're looking at that. There's two things I will do with people pretty quickly, and that's called the DePaul Symptom Questionnaire. And that's addressing that fatigue piece that we keep discussing. It's called post-exertional malaise. And if it's not addressed really quickly, it can turn into a chronic condition called chronic fatigue syndrome or MECFS. Um, so that's the thing that most people are not able to figure that out on their own. It looks like everything else because it doesn't get better with exercise. It gets worse. Wow. I know. And so for occupational and physical therapists, if it, that's not spotted right away, then they might actually be damaging the people that they're trying to help. Will Sophie get better someday? Will she get over this? So, Or do we know? We, we don't really know that. What we Everything's a spectrum. All the diseases re related to long COVID is a spectrum. So it's probably something she's going to have to manage long term, knowing that she's prone to this. But what we want is to basically dial it back as much as we can in terms of the symptoms. And I think that's what we're being successful at. Sophie, how do you manage your frustration that surrounds all this? I mean, I, I, I imagine it just has to, you have to have moments where this just drives you crazy. Yeah, I I again am incredibly fortunate to have the support system that I have. Um I one of the things that I can no longer do is any of the housework around my home. Um Well, so, there's an upside. Yeah. Yeah. So, my husband now um takes care of all of those things and all of the errands that need to get run because I can't do those. Um and in addition, 
provides an immense amount of moral support. I would say it is not uncommon that I have moments where I just get really overcome with feeling frustrated or feeling stuck. And he's always there to remind me that the progress is slow. But during the time we've been working with Jenna, I've not stopped making progress. I've never plateaued. We keep trending in an upward direction. And I think having people in my life that validate my experience and are very intentionally being open and supportive to my experience makes a huge difference. You know, Jenna, I should point out that long COVID, it can be considered a disability under the Americans with Disabilities Act. So someone's taking this pretty seriously. It it should be taken seriously. And I think that's what we're trying to say. And because it is <clears throat> an invisible disability, it's really hard for people to understand if they don't have it themselves or if they're not so close to somebody that has them. Because I work with a lot of very healthy looking people, a lot of former athletes. I treat everybody from 17 years old, the um, oldest person I'm treating with long COVID, 73. Wow. So it's all ages. And so that's that's the thing is we really want people to just be aware that it affects everybody, regardless of age, former health status, and all of those things. I really encourage people to bring their support people with them so that I can help educate, you know, partners and family members as well, because having that support like Sophie does is absolutely critical. Well, what else do you do with your patients to help them sort of manage this moment for them. Part of it is that I'm trying to do a bunch of research on their behalf, and I educate them a lot about the condition. So I am actually a former teacher, and that's come in really helpful. I make a ton of handouts. I do videos. Um, and then we're really trying to get everything very specific to their per each person in terms of what they're able to do. So we want to make sure they're not doing too little because we do want to make sure that they're not getting deconditioned. We want to make sure that their muscles aren't getting much weaker, but we definitely don't want them doing too much because that's detrimental to their health. I'm just guessing, are you feeding a lot of data to some higher medical association to help everyone sort of compile information for how to manage this long COVID thing? I wish we had the resources for that. I am basically taking a database right now of all the patients that I'm working with and hoping to put something forward towards research in the future. I'm actually meeting with professors of occupational and physical therapy at both Rockhurst and KU Med, and we might try and get something put together. But part of it is just trying to get everybody kind of on the same page. I've been working with this for three years, and I've got a lot of experience with this, but there's a lot of people that don't know much. And it's very counterintuitive as a rehabilitation professional. It's basically I'm doing the opposite of what I was taught for the most part in so school. So just quickly, bottom line, if someone out there listening thinks they might have long COVID, they should do what today? They should do what today? I would go buy a, a fitness tracker, quite honestly. Um, I would make an appointment with your primary care physician to get some basic labs run. And then I would come into a long COVID uh, clinic or to a long COVID occupational therapist like myself so that we can get you looked at. Okay. We're going to have to leave it there, but thank you for coming in and sharing your story. I, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, it just sounds, sounds tough, but it sounds like you're managing it pretty well too. I feel like I have a really good team looking after me, that's and that great. makes a huge difference. Well, that's Sophie Day, again, a Kansas City resident living with long COVID. She was joined by Jenna Hopkins, an occupational therapist with University Health Centers uh, for COVID recovery. Thank you both again very much. And that phone number to call, 816-404-CARE. That's your clinic, right, Jenna? That's correct. Okay. 
Up to Date is a production of KCUR 89.3. The program is produced by Zach Wilson, Elizabeth Ruiz, Claudia Brancart, and Hallie Jackson. Paul Nakatura is our announcer and engineer. The theme music was composed by the great Bobby Watson. I'm Steve Kraske. Thanks for listening.